Hello and welcome to our fifth and final episode in the series on the COVID-19 pandemic and the five stages of grieving as identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. So today we're going to talk about the final stage of grief, which is acceptance. The classic biblical text on this subject, I would say, at least, you know, what comes to mind for me is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night that he was betrayed just before he is arrested. So I'll just go ahead and read these verses from Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So, in reflecting on this story about Jesus accepting the harsh reality that he was facing, it struck me that by accepting the evil of the situation, Jesus also accepted the opportunity that it held. So if he had run away from this awful situation that he was facing, then he wouldn't have been able to serve and to do what he was called by God to do. It says in various places in the Gospels that uh, even before that night, Jesus knew that he would be killed, and also that he would live again. So I've tried to imagine what this would have been like for Jesus, or how he might have come to terms with that before that night, and I just picture him with this awareness that powerful people were plotting his death, which must have been incredibly stressful or frightening. And I imagine that he was tempted to try to run away, maybe hide out of the countryside, flee to another area. But he didn't. He just stayed where he felt that he needed to be. And I picture him going to Jerusalem, which was a place of real and present danger, and walking those narrow labyrinthine streets surrounded by hurting people, fearful, angry people, people ready for a scapegoat. People who are desperate and easily manipulated. Which sounds to me like what I see nowadays when I go on social media. <laughs> and uh, Jesus was there in the midst of them. And he didn't run away. He stayed to serve, knowing that even if he was killed, his work would continue. That the spirit that lived within him would continue. It would come to rest on his followers, and they in turn would ignite the spark in others. So, to me, this prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane represents how Jesus was, how he must have faced the agony of his situation, not just on that day, but really, I'm sure, in the, the days, the weeks, uh, the months that led up to that, and how he faced it honestly and realistically and said, okay, God, I'll do what you ask, and 
again, in so doing, by accepting this evil that would be done to him, making possible the good that would come of his life's sacrifice. Acceptance is not just finding peace. It's really becoming ready to do what is needed. So in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, I feel it's really important for us to accept the full extent of the very, very bad situation that we are in. And part of that is to realize that from the beginning, there have been no good options for dealing with this thing. Now, the consequences of leaving everything open obviously would have been extremely bad. But also the consequences of the lockdowns are extremely bad. And especially for people in the lower income brackets. People who can't easily absorb the loss of a job or loss of income. Schools closing, prices rising, a tougher job market. So personally, um, I don't feel comfortable when people talk about the lockdowns as if imposing them is a kind of a moral triumph. Because it's not. It's it's a desperate compromise, which is very much at the expense of the poor. And I think we really need to own that, even if we think that lockdowns have been the best solution. And, you know, perhaps they were, so. So I think this is an example of how really facing just how bad the situation is can help us to see and to know what we need to do moving forward which in turn I think relates directly to the larger issue that we need to be keeping in mind throughout all of this, which is the ecological crisis that is still unfolding and is expected eventually to eclipse the pandemic in terms of the disruption and the suffering that it will cause. So how does it relate exactly? Well, I think that the lockdown measures can can be thought of as something like an unplanned trial run for climate impact measures, right? Other people have said this. Uh, It's like we've just taken a wild stab at seeing what society might look like consuming less, polluting less, which is a good thing. Uh, But if what's happening now is an indication of what may happen in the future, then when governments have to face future crises and implement major climate impact reduction measures, then it's going to be really hard on low-income people. It's going to be hard on people for whom life is already the most difficult, the most uncertain. And also a lot of people are going to be knocked out of the middle class and into a life of greater uncertainty. And just, you know, less, uh, less privilege. So, It's also important to realize that as we move forward into this world of increasing ecological damage and crisis, we're going to have to choose between multiple extremely bad possibilities without any non-painful options. So as we learn to say this, say, you know, to this or in this situation, Gosh, I really don't want to drink from this cup of sorrow, but I will do as God directs me. Not my will, but thine be done. It does seem to me that it's becoming clear that the number one task is helping the poor. 
which is not surprising if you're a student of the teaching of Jesus, right? Um, but it does seem that that's, to me, something that's becoming clearer and clearer in this situation. And my understanding is that in general, we as individuals can best help the poor in three ways. So one is directly giving assistance to people in need, either personally or through an organization. The second way is to help rebuild our local economies so that we and ourselves, we ourselves and our neighbors <clears throat> are less at the mercy of huge corporations and global supply chains and that kind of thing. So things that we already know that we should be doing, supporting local agriculture, weaning off of imports, buying less, creating more. And I'm so glad to say that I do see people, some people moving in this direction more strongly now because of the current crisis. And you're maybe seeing that too and are a part of it, I hope. And I also recognize my own need to question more deeply, how far can I go with this? Because these measures really do require sacrifice. The measures that we might choose to take on ourselves, it's really not easy. It's maybe not as big a sacrifice as Jesus faced in the Garden of Gethsemane, but it is still a sacrifice. And for example, Brandon and I um, at Brandon's suggestion, this week we decided to go ahead and buy some local pork from the food co-op here in our area, which is something that we've always liked the idea of doing. But man, every time I looked at the prices, oh, the bottom would just fall out of my stomach. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? That's how much it costs. Uh, you know, but this week, uh, we finally decided to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to congratulate us on this. My point is that it's hard. Uh, it's hard to accept paying a more reasonable or sustainable price for meat. And it's going to mean not eating as much meat, right? And there are millions of more things that are like that that are going to be really hard for individuals to sacrifice, but which are part of the work that is before us. So then the third thing is to work at your specific calling in life. Because whatever your calling is, if you do it well, it will be a needed contribution to building a better society. Alright, so those are the three things. And we'll just wrap up now and take a couple of deep breaths together. And I would invite you to consider one thing that this global crisis may have revealed to you specifically. And then perhaps one change that you might need to make in your life moving forward. So you can just take a moment to ask this. What is one thing the crisis has revealed to you and the change you need to make? And I'll share what came to mind for me as I was thinking about this earlier. 
which is that the crisis has really re revealed to me my need to return to preaching and the rhythm of weekly worship and um, actually after this series that I plan to start doing once a week episodes <clears throat> on Saturday nights and also I'm feeling the importance of building a worshiping community in a specific location and I I pray that plans for that might come together in time uh, obviously <laughs> it's gonna be some time before that can happen right now it's not even legal <laughs> but uh but anyway so that's what came to mind for me and um, you know, if anyone feels moved to share about something that's been revealed to, um, to you during the pandemic or a change that you might need to make, then you can feel free to comment via Facebook. Uh, but it's also totally fine if you need to keep it to yourself as well. Uh, sometimes it's actually really important when you have an insight to keep it hidden in your heart for a time. Just let it grow and develop before you share it with anyone because um, sometimes we can get kind of pulled off course by other people's responses. All right, so <clears throat> let's sing. We're going to be singing the hymn, classic hymn, Be Still My Soul. Be still my soul the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy call to Still my soul 
And let's close together with prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the example that we have in Jesus, the example of courage and of self-sacrifice, of accepting what needs to be done and moving forward. So we pray that you would help us to recognize the work that is before us, not to run away from it, not to put it off, but to take it up and do it. So, all these things we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with the next series later. <laughs>